Welcome to the Mental Health Boot Camp Podcast. Woohoo! This is the podcast where four psychotherapists, three of us Canadian, one of us American, serve you cutting edge mental health knowledge. I am Dr. Ryan Howes, a clinical psychologist from Pasadena, California. And I'm Dr. Brooke Lewis, a registered clinical counselor from Fort Moody. And I am Joanna Boyd, a psychotherapist who grew up in Coquitlam. Chris Boyd, clinical counselor from Port Moody. Welcome, everyone. We are here for episode 98 of the Mental Health Boot Camp podcast. It's pretty crazy. That's nutto. It is. It is. It's wild that we've made it to nearly 100. As we've said before, we're going to pause at 100, take stock, take a much-needed vacation. My goodness, it's been strenuous. (laughs) So we were, I think our first one was summer of 2019. No, 2020. 2020. It was 2020? It wasn't 2019? It was during, uh, it was COVID. It was a pandemic thing. Oh, Oh, really? It was July, July 2020. I could say that with confidence, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Okay. There we go, 2020 still. Woo, that's wild. Long time. That is wild, yes. I think that first episode, the two of you guys were sitting outside and there were planes flying over and all that stuff, right? Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Yes. So we've been through a pandemic together. Pretty cool. Some would say we're not through already. That is true. That is true. Hope that we're getting through it. Maybe more pandemic than pandemic. Yeah. Remember uh, back when the pandemic got going, we had the our Instagram feed, right? Uh, Yeah. What's it called again? Mental health. Keeping our together. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah, we had little uh, little videos, right? Videos and as well as daily tips in terms of uh, yeah what to do. Yeah, some things that you could do. We did a gratitude run. Remember that everybody yeah. was oh, yeah. posting gratitudes. Three was it three? That's right. We took turns doing that. We rotated, right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We're just shoving mental health knowledge out everywhere from every. Good. <laughs> we needed a project to keep us sane. I think. And then Ryan had the idea because we were meeting on Thursdays anyway to yeah. record them. Well, well, we were already meet, meeting on Thursdays because we created the boot camp, right? So every Thursday we had been meeting anyways. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. So we've been doing this for so long that boot camp, mental boot camp program is not even a thing anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's now offline. Now offline for a year. Our uh, our last mental health boot camp Instagram post was November 27, 2020, and it was on procrastination, um, which I think is kind of funny. I'm gonna get and to the never, next post. I'm getting to the next post. I'll get there soon. I promise. We yeah. never posted ever again. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. You're done. Yeah, it was the the do think feel, and then or do feel think, and then we had the zeitgeist. 
Oh, it was all. Does this bring that back? Yeah. Anyways, anyways, this is taking me back a couple years. It's a good info. I think it was pretty snazzy. Maybe we should get back to that. It was sure. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for trying to be supportive, Joe. Yeah. Sure. Let's do it. Yeah. That's great. Yes, it's been a long haul. We've we've covered so many topics, so many mental health topics and kind of mental health adjacent topics. Yeah, every topic. We just have a couple more to go. Maybe we've just done it all. One more, actually. Tonight is the last topic, like ambush night. And then next podcast, we're doing a book club. And then mm-hmm. we're going to do a reflection. That's right. We're going to have our grand wow. finale. We're dressing up and we're inviting everyone else to dress up as they listen, I guess. I don't know. Or watch the YouTube, whatever they're going to do. Dress up on our last night of our podcast. We're going to be dressed like I'm going to dress in my my prom tux. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. Do you still have that? Somewhere. I'm sure it's around somewhere. It's an incredible tuxedo. Then I just got a whole lot better. I know. (laughs) uh yes the my prompt tux uh it was uh, an orange corduroy tuxedo <laughs> with an orange a lighter orange uh frilly shirt inside and i had a metallic green uh bow tie oh. and oh. cummerbund it was uh, it was amazing wow i think we need to see it it was well, it was it was a long time ago, but it wasn't so long ago that was in style. It was it was kind of an ironic uh, dress up for me. So that was I was having fun with it. It's great. Yes, but we're going to dress to the nines. That'll be great. So, yeah, we've covered. I guess this will be our 98th topic really here. Yeah. And. Anyway, I guess we'll reminisce later on. That's we're saving that for episode one hundred, right? Indeed. Okay. Yeah, we've had a good mix, mix of everything. A lot. I don't know how many books we did total, but again, I guess we can reminisce at some point. Oh, we can look back and count a good number, I think. Yeah, we've had a fair number of books. Mm-hmm. What was the first one? Was the first one together or the sibling effect? I think it was together. Or was it together? It was together. Yeah. Was it together? There was black swans or the black swan thing too. Oh, Oh, yeah. The first one. Yeah. Read the book. Uh, The the final book, the one we're going to talk about next week, just to remind anybody, is called The Gift of Therapy by Irvin Yalom. A, A wise a wise psychiatrist who's been at this for many, many years. And it's a, it's a book for young therapists, but, uh, or any therapist, but, and their, and their clients really. It's like, it's, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful read. A lot of, a lot of good tidbits and nuggets, whether you're a therapist or in therapy or not, it's really a a great little read. So we're going to talk about that next week. Yeah. Or next time we meet. Yeah. Those who haven't started it, you should 
started. I don't, I don't know where everyone's at. I'm about a third of the way through, maybe close to a half. Okay. Are you getting a lot out of it? I guess you can't tell me yet. All right. Not gonna tell you. Not gonna tell. Okay. It's interesting though, because I have read it before. Because it's uh, one of those books. As a therapist, I, I, I would venture to think most therapists have a copy of this book, or have read this book at some point in their training. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think I've read it a few times, so it's always interesting to read it again as you continue on your own journey as a therapist. You're going to pick up different things at different times. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. I'm actually reading that along with another one of his books called uh, Creatures of a Day, where it's oh. like vignettes. It's a bunch of uh, little stories from his career as a therapist where he, you know, he disguises the identity of the the, the patients that he has, but uh, he kind of tells the stories of what they, what they encountered together. And I think it has, it, there's a lot of existential themes in this. He's, he's known as an existential psychiatrist anyway, but I think every story that I've heard so far, there's some sort of a death anxiety and uh, and all of that. And it's really great. He's such a great writer. It's wonderful stuff. Cool. So anyway, Herb Yalom, next time we uh, we meet, we'll dive into that. Be fun. Is he going to join us for the call, Ron? Have you uh, reached out mm -hmm. to him recently? I haven't reached out to him in a while. I, Gosh, I, I kind of would feel... Odd doing that. He's, I think he's 93, 94 years old now. Yeah. And this book is older. So, um, in one of the chapters, he discloses his age at the time of writing, which is 70. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's wild. It is wild. It is wild. He's, he's been around a while. He still does. He's, he, I've, I've heard that he's been at events and, and, various uh speaking events and stuff within the last year or so so he's still kicking wow he put out a book i think a year and a half ago uh about oh. about the death of his wife which is pretty wild anyway we could talk more about him next time but yeah me Allen. i i don't don't get your hopes up i don't think we're gonna be uh i don't think Irvy Allen's going to pop in here at 9.30 on a Thursday and be like, hey, yo, what's up, everybody? I don't think that's going to happen. Let me impart my wisdom. No. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. But that's fine. But we still have material to get to tonight. We so should. Let's do it. So for the final ambush. Should write it out. This means that. <laughs> the ambush is that uh, That's you're just writing it out now. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll explain it really slowly then. I'll tell you about the ambush. Okay. The ambush is when That's good. only one of us, Brooke, knows the topic and the rest of us don't. So Brooke is sending it across the border right now, all the way down here to Pasadena, California, and Whoa. here we go. Oh my gosh, this is a throwback. We haven't had one of these in a long time. 
But Brooke is sending us a mail bush. Oh, <laughs> what a twist and a turn. And a, my goodness. So um, one of our listeners, some of you may have guessed who that listener is, if it's a, a mail bush that I have access to, has sent an email and with a topic and some questions. So um, the topic is one that we have done before, but maybe we could revisit the topic and with a different focus. Are you ready? I will read the email. It's um, a little bit long, so bear with me. Not long, but longer than you know our typical ambush question. Um, so the topic will be on friendship. So actually, friendship was our ninth episode. So many, many episodes ago. Yeah. Uh, and this listener said, I had the idea because of listening to a different podcast where they were talking about how in dating and relationships, there are some social rules. You date for a while to determine if you like each other and eventually you make a commitment. Sometimes you grow apart or somebody mistreats the other and you make a decision to end the relationship, but both parties know what's happening. In friendship, there is no such thing. One person could really want to deepen a friendship and there's no socially typical way to find out if the other person feels the same. One person could want uh, out of a friendship and there's no social norm for breaking up with a friend. I feel like there is a lot of advice on how to meet people, but not how, a lot about how you move from friends to friends with a capital F. People can have a lot of acquaintance type friends, but still be lonely. How did the four of you know you wanted to be friends beyond seeing each other at the conference? Who initiated staying in touch? How did that feel for the others? Has it taken effort to stay connected? Has there been discussion about the commitment you've made to each other to connect once a week? And this person says, I think that the friendship we have, like the four of us have, is very cool. And that listeners could learn from hearing how we came, how it came to be. So friendship, but yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that's fantastic. Of a deeper or another, another spin on it. Well, Joanna and I have known each other since 1986. (laughs) Just a few years ago. (laughs) I know it's really new, new friendship. I don't know if we're at the capital F yet, but we're, we're getting there. Just for uh, listeners who do not know, they are siblings. Um, yeah. Okay. So, uh-huh. would 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 your is part of the mailbush? Would the 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 writer slash listener listener like us to to comment on this on those kind of social norms about friendships as well? Like, how I do think- we kind of how do we move into and kind of formalize a friendship and how might we move away from that? I think that's kind of an interesting topic, right? It's a very interesting topic. How how do you strengthen the relationships Mm -hmm. and friendships? How do you maintain them as an adult? Um, And then how do you terminate a friendship? When is time to terminate a friendship? How do you do that if you need to? Um, And then, yeah, just a, I guess a little bit about how did that work for us? Oh, interesting point. Because you're right, in relationships, there are some guidelines there in terms of um, 
what to do and how to respond. And there's a natural progression of that, that type of connection, but in friendships, it's you know, a little more uh, subjective, isn't it? It's interesting. As, as you're talking about that, I think of like, you know, I've had kids who were, you know, kindergarten age at one point and first grade and that kind of stuff. Kids who are that little, they're very blatant about that. You know, they'll walk up to someone and, will you be my friend? Yes, I'll be your friend, you know? And then, well, you're my best friend, but you're my second best friend. You're my third best. Like, they're just very clear on kind of the hierarchy that goes along with that. And then you're not my friend anymore. You know, we're not friends anymore. They just put it out there. But I think as, as we, as we grow and, you know, mature in some ways, I think some of that gets sort of buffed out and that but therefore it becomes more ambiguous people not really sure well how do i stand where do i stand with this person and and the idea of of telling someone you know hey you know it's been really fun to get to know you but i I really don't want to be your friend anymore that's not a common thing we hear among adults or even teenagers anymore or these days right i feel like kids Oh, not more, and they're a bit more aware of the world. You oh, froze up for a second. You guys kids, froze for me too. Sorry. I think kids kids reach an age where they're less egocentric, right? So I feel like when they're at that age, when it's just so simplified, then all of a sudden I think they're more aware of the world and relationships. And kids hit a certain age where I don't know, they're aware of like kids liking other kids or what's cool and what's not cool, and they start to actually think that, hey, maybe I got to look at myself in a different way. I don't know. It, there's an age there. I don't know. I feel like it's it happens maybe around age 9, 10, and then into middle school, middle school for us, grade 6, 7, 8. But things you know, change. I do think it kind of carries on in the teenage years, though. Like, oh, lot- no. I mean, like, starts and then continues on. Continues on, yeah. It's just There's a lot of uh, – I said a client the other day. She was talking about in grade 9, she had this friend who she felt was – she was very close to and one friend's like I just don't want to be friends with you anymore <laughs> just flat out mention that no contacts at all uh, other clients talk about their experiences more recently in high school and how there's a constant drama right and then uh, it could be uh, a disagreement of some kind and then uh, walking that person is, becomes uh, becomes a thing so I guess if things go sideways especially during that uh, emotionally tumultuous time I guess like the teenage years maybe you're more aware of where you stand with friends. And I think then that impacts your adult friendships, right? You might be more hesitant to get close to people or it impacts trust yeah. um, as oh, well, time. right? So oh, yeah, a lot of people still have a lot of insecurities there Yeah. Uh, later on because of um, how up and down that was in, in teenage years. But maybe also because that's, you see these people consistently here. A lot of these friends here, see them hours each day so some of it might be proximity right yeah I'd be curious for oh i'd say i'd just be curious for and ryan comment away but just for um for the sake of answering the questions that our listener has kindly put together um is we talk about adult friendships and at what point do you know it goes into a capital f friendship or how do you do that um yeah because i think that's adults you hear all the time it's hard to make friends or it's hard to meet different people um yeah so well maintaining the friendships right um 
because you might have some friends or acquaintances as an adult, but I, I think the definition or not definition, but what an adult friendship looks like to me is different than what it looks like as a teen or a child. Yeah. And so, um, yeah. And I can see that I have a few friends that are very, very long-term one, my entire life. Um, and so just looking at how our friendship has progressed, obviously we're still very close, but, uh, really I see her once a month and I would still, but emotionally, like I consider this, yeah, a very close friend. And, um, so I think that's part of it too, is defining like, what are you looking for in a friendship for a friend with a capital F? What does that look like? What's the expectations or your idea of that? Uh, how often do you like expect to be talking or is it just effortless invitations with each other? Um, yeah. Well, what do you mean by capital F, by the way? Like, what do you, how do you quantify that? Just a really close friend, like a, a friend that you see on a regular basis or is that exactly. someone you feel close to? Exactly. I don't, I don't know. Oh. And that's where I think we have to kind of start. And people might have, different people might have different metrics. Yeah, I just yeah, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't heard of that either. I guess I take it as like it's less acquaintances or people you might see in your outer circles and it's someone you're in regular contact with and you hang out one to one. I think a one to one or like there's it's not always in a group. Like I feel like there's some extra element of closeness and effort on each part. Mm -hmm. That's how I see it. I don't know, but I feel like it's open to interpretation, obviously. Yeah. That's a good good point there, Joe. I, yeah, I guess we're talking about a few, talking about a lot of things, but this is this is a good good starting point here. Like, what what designates someone as a as a friend? And there's you know, are there categories of that which I'm sure people have debated for years? But I do think there's something qualitatively different from someone that you hang out with in a group versus someone you will hang out with one on one, like. You know, they can all be friends, but if you're going to spend time with someone one on one, let's you and I get grab dinner together or go for a walk or something like that. There's just uh, that's a level of intimacy that I think is greater. And I think that's what we're really talking about here is levels of intimacy, right? Yes. Um, how how much are you willing to disclose? How vulnerable are you? How much are you wanting to kind of share back and forth? Uh, and and there is this sort of ongoing, at least in the early stages, this sort of a test of like, is it okay for us to go here? As we talk about how to deepen friendships, right? Like, can I tell you this level of information? Can I share this level of vulnerability with you? And and you share that back. And and there's a there's a dance that goes along with that, isn't there? Yeah, there seems to be. I wonder if there's some gender differences there too, though, because I know some guys who consider themselves close to other guys and may not reach the same depth of you know, that definition that you had there in terms of vulnerability or sharing more information but there's consistency there or maybe there's a you know, there's shared interests and and uh, there's you know there's trust there's dependability right or maybe shared sense of humor someone just kind of gives you you kind of feed off each other's energy and you have fun um yeah that's kind of an element of it as well yeah good point Absolutely. And I, I can think of groups of friends that I love to be around and guys 
you know, if they're all, if it's all guys, you know, there's the funny guy and the one who's, you know, maybe takes leadership role at times and all these different roles that people take. But, uh, but if I were to think of, I guess, I guess friend is maybe just too narrow a term. <laughs> maybe we need like four or five different words for, for kind of the various degrees of friendship, you know? Yeah. The types of friends. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. You know, here's the, here's the person I'm I'm willing to cry with and spill my guts to and, and, and maybe impose upon and like really share everything with them and vice versa. Take, take what they, all of their stuff too. And the person, maybe it's more of a little, little less deep, but uh, might talk about some more significant beliefs and ideas that we have. And and then people were just there to have a good time. You know, people, we have a lot of fun together. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. So I guess, how do you gauge that or how do you navigate through those uh, relationships? You know, it's a good question. Or if there's someone that, maybe you start your hangout and you do have a lot of fun a lot of fun together how do you and you would like that friendship to grow how do you grow it so that it does become you know um a person like kind of moving up the rungs of emotional intimacy and friendship yeah but really i think ryan you touched on that because that's going to come with time and a little bit of that dance of vulnerability and spending time together and shared experience. And yeah, it's not going to happen quickly. For sure. It's not going to happen quickly, but I've also found that, that, and this is both clinically speaking and personally speaking, that sometimes, sometimes it actually helps to just be explicit about that and just say, Hey, you know, someone asked me, Hey, how you doing? And I might say, you know what? I've actually got a lot of stuff going on. Do you mind if I if I share that with you? You know, is that okay for me to kind of open up? And yeah. uh, you know, most of the time they're going to say, "Yeah, sure." But I think I think it's it it could feel a little awkward for me and maybe for them if I didn't and I just spilled my guts without uh, making that little bit of an introduction to it, right? Right. Like, yeah. yeah well, okay. We we're agreed that it's okay for me to to open up a little bit more. Well, here's what's really going on. I might share a little bit more. And then even with that, I think with every new step of vulnerability, every every deeper level of vulnerability you go, there's there's a bit of an of an evaluation. Like, okay, now is the other going to reciprocate or um or do they seem comfortable or uncomfortable with that? I mean, you're kind of testing the waters all the way to uh, the deepest levels, right? And if you get the sense, you know, if I spill my guts with somebody, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling all these feelings are, you know, really worried about this, that, or the other. And I get a, a sense that they're not interested, not very responsive, maybe feel a little awkward about it. And I'm going to rein it back in and say, okay, cool. We're not, we're not that, that level, you know, or you're not, you don't want to go there. And that's, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Anyway, I don't have a step by step on this. I'm just thinking of ways that uh, that may have worked at, at times, or or mechanisms that kind of are seem to be in place when people want to take their relationship to a deeper level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can also work like pointing, like asking someone else about how their day's going, or yep. hey, I noticed that you're off the other days. Everything going okay? Like, 
Um, so talking a bit about yourself, I, I think that sets a good tone there, but also asking those questions because a lot of people don't, right? Yep. Uh, they don't want to cry, but obviously you don't want to ask anything too deep and too quickly, but I think it, you can do that gradually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. I guess what I'm also saying here is that it it's going to take a level of risk. It's, yeah. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a purely safe uh, and guaranteed way to deepen a friendship. I think there's always going to be some degree of risk. And if you want to have a, a deeper level of connection with somebody, and this goes with, with intimate relationships as well as friendships, there's always going to be a level of risk that, that you're going to have to face at some point, you yeah. know, it's, it's, whether that's, asking someone out on a date or it's saying or it's taking your group of friends and you've and you've really enjoyed your group of friends but saying you know what i'd like to get this one person get to know this person a little bit better and going up to them and saying hey you know we have a lot of fun together let's hang out sometime and let's go grab a bite to eat uh, next week what do you say you know that's a risk you're putting yourself it's a vulnerability and you're putting yourself out there and you could get shot down yeah, but uh sure. but oftentimes you know the ri- without that risk, you're not going to have the reward of of deepening that relationship. Yeah, that's a good point. Even if you back up a bit, like um, I'm fortunate to meet a lot of people over the years, good people. And often there's a bit of uh, synergy there. You may appreciate someone's humor or, or their values or interests, whatever it might be, some compatibility. So often, uh, you know, say, hey, we should go grab a coffee or grab a beer after work. It's a work situation or someone that you meet randomly, invite them out to often to a group setting that can be uh, pretty non-threatening. Yeah. Also trying to initiate some some more contact there. Sometimes you have to be a little persistent, not overly persistent, but just throwing something out there to see if they're interested and and uh, just increasing uh, time to spend together, right? Absolutely. And then I think at some point, at some point there's that that dance that's made note of right then they're going to show interest there's a mutual interest and effort on both parts to build that relationship right like if you're persistent and the person doesn't kind of you know it there's a dance there so there's at one point where oh they're reaching out i'm reaching out we're enjoying our time together yeah like that that david linsky guy who was on our uh he's been on our podcast before i used to work with him like i like this guy he's uh got a good vibe to him and we have all these interesting conversations. So I think I was pretty persistent. Like we should meet up sometime. We should go for a drink. He shot me down four or five, six times. But, um, eventually <laughs> he came out, we hung out and we were kind of friends. So um, <laughs> Success. Yeah. Sure. We should get him on the call. See yeah. what he thinks about this. Um, but yeah, you're right though. Reciprocated. And then eventually it kind of goes back and forth. It's not always the case though. Sometimes within a friendship, someone takes on a bit of that initiating role. Like mm-hmm. I can think of a, a couple of friends who I'm very close to them. I consider them extremely close friends, but I initiate probably 80 or 90% of um, contact. And I've just come to accept that they're busy and maybe they expect me to do it, or maybe I'm pretty good at that. I, I don't know. But, so you kind of have to gauge it the more you get to know them. But I guess... It probably didn't start out that way, though, Chris, right? Um, because, like, because, because now, like, you're like, yeah, I initiate, but I've learned that because, you know, they 
might have kids or I've just learned over time, but you're talking about friends that you've known for probably a long time. And at some point when that friendship started, there probably would have had to be this transition um, and a bit more of that reciprocity. Yeah, these are very good friends, right? And long-term. Long-term friends. Yeah, so that's, when you first started, it was probably a bit more back and forth. That's right, yeah, most likely. But there is something to be said for that other, the other piece there, which is, um, and then, oh gosh, I think we mentioned this in episode nine when we were talking about friendship, which is, I, I've certainly had clients who, who will come in and say, gosh, I, I really, it's such a drag for me because if, if I ever want to do something, I always have to be the one to initiate, right? And they're like, why doesn't anyone, any of my friends ever initiate with me? It makes me feel unwanted or like they don't care or you know, why is there not that reciprocity? And, and a few times as we dissect that a little bit and kind of talk about the nature of those friendships, it's because their friends view them as the leader. They're, they're, they're just waiting for them to take the lead because they always have. And so it's not that they don't want to hang out or that they're not looking forward to it, or they don't value their friendship. They just kind of are in a leader follower role. And they kind of say, oh, you're the one who always brings us together. So great. I'm, I'm here whenever you want me to be, you know. And so it, there can be some misperceptions of how that uh, power dynamic goes. You know, some person might feel like they're being left out because they have to call everybody. Other people look at them as being the leader because they have to call everybody. Yeah, no, for sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So you might be misinterpreting you know, what's happening there, right? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Yeah. You know, oftentimes when groups have been together for a long time and they're talking, you know, celebrating each other or something, someone is often identified as the glue, you know, you're the glue who brings us all together. You're the one who's always, you know, collecting the group. And that's a cherished place. That's an honored place to be. Like you're the person who is always at the center or whatever. And you never know, that person might feel like, why does no one ever call me to hang out? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 So I guess that there can be some some things to be aware of, though. Like uh, I know there are some friends who um, it, re- it really seems like what you're putting out there is not being reciprocated back. Like maybe the um, the same amount of efforts not being put out there. Like maybe you invite them out, but they can never make it out, or there's reasons why that might be. Maybe they're busy. So I'm not saying it's necessarily malicious. Maybe you're just kind of drifting apart a little bit. Right. So on on the drifting apart, how do you know when a friendship is over? Have you ever had to do a friendship breakup? What does that, like, I mean, can you imagine worst case, I'm sure there's a comedy movie about this, there must be. Like if you decide to make friends with someone and now that friend, it's not the right fit as a friendship and how do you get rid of, how do you end that friendship? Yeah. The other person ends up really liking you and you're like, ooh, ooh, this is not what I want. Yeah. You know, I think uh, there are a lot of movies about this and I I can't recall any by name, but I can think of a lot of comedies from 20 years ago that are about this exact thing. Yeah. Actually, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles is one that comes to mind, you know? Totally. You know? We, is that one too? But, they 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 come together you know steve martin's like yeah cool let's uh let's let's travel together this will be fun and john candy's nice at first and then john candy turns out to be a little bit 
annoying and needy and he's just trying to get rid of him and he's very blatant about it right just leave me alone um of course it has a good ending but uh but yes i think this is a common dynamic brooke and 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 i go back to how in kindergarten it might have been easier just to say you're not my friend but in adulthood you know the the whole we, we try to send more subtle messages sometimes if we want to not have a friendship, you know, the, the ghosting and, uh, you know, just always being busy or, uh, Hey, love to, yeah. Yeah. Call me sometime and really not making any concrete, uh, uh plans. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of that for sure as adults. Um, and I think it comes from, uh, may come from a good place. You just don't want to have that awkward conversation or, you don't want someone to feel bad, but I guess that may still happen just based on mm -hmm. the actions or inactions, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but but it's it's tough though, because you're gonna have friends that you see maybe weekly or every couple of weeks, or at least you contact texting or whatever. You also have friends you may see once a month or once once a year, and they all you may consider them all friends, but you can't see everyone or text with everyone every single day, right? So you almost have to, you know, everyone kind of has preferences in terms of who they want to connect with the most, right? Yeah, and I think that's going to wax and wane through your life um, for, I feel like it's very common for when people have children that they become very close with their children's friends' parents, mm -hmm. right? All of a sudden, there's a whole new circle there or... yeah if you move and then your neighbors uh, and you may not be as close to your old neighbors anymore or new jobs or whatever. So I, yeah. Yeah. It's going to change. So, so which is interesting. Yeah. So you might have someone you're really close to and saw on a regular basis, but life circumstances shift yeah. and their time and energy may shift as well. So I guess that might be a sign if you're trying to come up with a time to meet up and, and they're not able to commit or just, other things that keep on popping up, then um, be patient with that, I guess, for a while, but you may have to allocate that energy to someone else. Or... Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with friendships, like for the vast majority, if a friendship is ending, we want it to end on good terms, like where if somebody says, hey, are you still friends with Ryan? Like, you don't, have you guys seen each other? And if it's been a long time to be like, actually no haven't really connected and not sure what happened there nothing bad like we're on good terms just haven't really talked to them haven't caught up with them um i i feel like that's how friendships eventually try to end right like everyone's on good terms but you just haven't seen them in a long time yeah uh yeah i gotta say though i i, I really wish there was a different I don't have an answer to this, but I wish there was a different mechanism for that. I mean, even based on what we were talking about last week with with other endings in life, right? Like, yeah, there's something there's I've, I've always had a problem with the ghosting and the just kind of the fade away and, and, and all of that. But I also can understand how, uh, you know, a really explicit breakup could be pretty painful and and difficult for people as well. I guess I, I wish there's a, a different way for this to happen. You know, if someone could just say, you know, I mean, and I think this does something like this does happen. You know, hey, you know what? We're, uh, I, I like you a lot. We've been, 
we've been together a long time. We have a lot of great memories, but you know what? My interests are kind of different now. And, and I do have this other group of friends that I hang out with and, and I just don't think we're going to be hanging out that much anymore, you know, which. Yeah. Ooh, friendship breakup. Oh, that's, yeah. But that like, if only that did happen more, it's so interesting that it doesn't. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. You think it's better than just, Oh, I'm sorry. I've been, you know, things kind of slowly. I guess it, I, I, I was, I tend in so much of my life and my clinical work to tend towards the explicit and the, you know, assertive and the, the well, clear, you know, the clarity. Cause, cause I think oftentimes with the ghosting, at least one of the people is in the dark for a while, you know, Exactly. That's like, what, what happened? Yeah. Are we, are we close or are you really just busy, but you want to hang out with me or do you not want to hang out with me? There's always that question from some, some people there. Right. And then it feels a little bit like gaslighting a bit, right? But what you just did by having this assertive communication was you controlled the narrative. Yeah. For both people, like to say, here, here is why I'm giving you an answer why. And it, it it's just life circumstance, right? Yeah. But it, but I think there's a degree there, Ryan, because I think it's if there's an if there's a realization on one person's part that they just are kind of done with the friendship. And they choose then to just kind of slowly ghost away. That's different than both people just really not putting in the effort and they realize they're just seeing each other less and less. And there's not really this conscious decision that I don't want to be that person's friend anymore, but they just kind of slowly both see each other less and less. So it's kind of a different situation there. It is, but, but you, we don't I guess know. You could call attention to it. You can be like, hey, are we even friends anymore? There is. But the problem with that is that we're, how do you know the difference between those two? right how does anyone know that my friend my you might be assuming that your friend is just drifting apart just like you are but if you never talk about it then you never know yeah it could be they could be really hurt they could have their heart broken from your distance that's all, that's all i'm saying i mean you're right i i agree with you that that's, there are natural departures that people have and it's kind of equally fading away but I think there are a, a great number of people who like my friend faded away and I don't know what happened. And I'm, and I, I wish I would have heard, you know, did I do something wrong? I mean, that's a, that's a big thing that people say. Right. So um, I've had in my, I have a, a pocket of friends that we all met kind of in grade eight and there's, I don't know, five or six of us. Um, one of these friends, I guess, some people have challenges with her personality and two of those friends have blatantly, like we have a little WhatsApp group. They have blatantly told her like, Hey, like you hurt my feelings. I didn't like these things. That's it. Friends off. I don't want to talk to you ever again and have left like the, the WhatsApp group. They don't speak. They're completely estranged. Like it was a big old friendship breakup. Yep. Um, yeah. So there are direct messages about friendship breakups as well. Yeah. And at least this one friend knows that they're not on talking terms and kind of why. Um, and the other people aren't open to repairing. So that's it. Friendship done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and those, those are, yeah, certainly where there's the animosity and the, you hurt my feelings and you tick me off. I certainly those we all hear those stories and maybe have experienced those stories. Yeah. That's painful in its own right. To say, you know what, 
this isn't good for me. So yeah. that leads me to another question of how do you know when it's time to end a friendship? Like, is it if a friendship is turning toxic? Is it uh, after a series of events? Is it like, what constitutes a friendship breakup? I feel like all the above there. Probably. Right? If there's a realization that's toxic, I just talked to a client tonight who has had to tell a friend who she's been glued to at the hip for the past year that, yeah, she's just can't really do it anymore. She's realizing it's not good. And we're kind of gathering that this friend's not going to be responding well to this, but um, yeah, yeah, whether you're unhappy, if you notice there's a, you're not really have that desire to hang out with that person. You can maybe feel meh about it. Like you don't really have the urge to check in with them. That could be telling like. Um, so in that circumstance, Joe, do you think it's worth having a conversation to repair the friendship? or to work on the friendship? Or do you just say, hmm, maybe this friendship isn't for me, right? Like when do you work on it? And when do you say, no, I think it's time to end? Yeah, it's interesting. Cause I, I think it depends also, like you said before about expectations of what the friendship will be like. Cause I have done this with a friend who I don't talk to as much and that they're not putting in the effort as much and I'm not. And I'm like, I think this is just what our friendships become. And when we, we know when we have talked about it, cause I've called attention to it. Like, I know we haven't talked, just wanted to, um, like I do care about you. I think we're just, I'm finding I'm not reaching out as much. And then she did the same thing, like just life and everything. But there's this understanding of we're both acknowledging we're not putting as much effort in, but there's that choice to still stay in that friendship, I guess. But so I'm not bothered that I don't talk to her for months because that's just what the friendship is. But then that could bother some people. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. It is. So I mean, to your point, Brooke, about like when when do you know it's not not working for you? I mean, I I think I think we apply some similar things that we would with with an intimate relationship or with a job or with with a lot of things in life like is it is the um is the cost vastly outweighing the benefit right are are you giving giving so much and then feeling drained afterwards and you're not really getting much back are you um and certainly the signs of that could be the dread and the you know the the uh and indifference to the to the person or to the friendship if you don't feel like you really have much to give to this person and 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 especially if you start to build up resentment towards that person i think that's that's a sign that you might want to take a look at is this relationship worth salvaging right even the, with that i would say is are those feelings because there's something that's unresolved in the relationship, something that hasn't been addressed or processed that needs to be done. Did this person hurt your feelings once and you haven't told them about it? And maybe you need to do some work on that to see if, uh, if this relationship's worth uh, working through, maybe to tell them what's bothering you. Right. Exactly. Because that's also another way to deepen a friendship. Yeah. Is yes. are things that bother you about the other person or to bring that up and and actually repair and move forward and have those assertive community like conversations is very 
important in a deeper relationship. One <laughs> one of my one of my closest friendships. Um, that's that's his whole that's his whole friendship strategy, I think. And he he kind of knows that and would laugh about it too if he happens to be listening. But like that's his whole. He wants to like do a little injury. He'll be a little obnoxious or a little rude or or push it a little too hard. And then there's then we have to repair that, right? We have to like have a process, talk about it and repair and apologize and I forgive and all that stuff. And that's that's the closeness and that's what deepens the friendship. Mm-hmm. Right. We even talk about dyna- that dynamic. Like I'm gonna come in kind of kind of punch you, and then we gotta deal with that. And then that's kind of how we connect. And it's it's it it can be uh, a lot of work at times, but uh, but I think that's that's more common than you might think. Yeah, I'm gonna step on your toe, see if you can take it, see if we can still handle this in this relationship and repair from it, and then we're actually on a deeper level. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, friendships comes in all come in all shapes and sizes, right? Yeah, big time. It's an interesting point, though, is, yeah, ch- there will be challenges and disagreements that arise within friendships. Uh, we're coming out of a, well, still in a very polarizing time. A lot of friendships and families have been impacted by different viewpoints when it comes to the COVID pandemic or politically what's going on, especially down south your way. And uh, yeah. a lot of people are having tough times communicating and connecting with long-term friends. So I think there's something to be said there about trying to hash it out and come up with a, a common ground or um, or maybe just agreeing not to, to delve into certain topics, right? Because I, I think that really can strengthen that connection. I think it has to be an attitude of growth there. And I think both people have to want to work towards that, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. There's also situations where the friendship becomes toxic. Um, maybe this is a friend that you do, you know, you're out there doing things you shouldn't be doing or, or the influence isn't the best. You feed off each other's energy and, and maybe uh, destructive ways, right? Or codependency. Codependency. We talked about that at some point. So. Yeah. Or an exploitive friendship. Yeah. Absolutely. That happens a lot too. A giver and a taker and the taker gives a takes way too much and turns kind of exploitive. Yeah, manipulation. Like manipulation. There's, there's a lot of things to be aware of there where it's probably important to uh, to address that or disengage from it, and which is difficult though because often those people want that friendship to, to work, right? Yeah. They don't they have a hard time maybe seeing that or wanting to, to stop that or end that. But... I was working with a client a couple of years back who is a very charismatic person, very, you know, has a lot of friends, a lot of people could have drawn to this, this person um, for friendship, just because he's very outgoing and, and um, has a lot of wisdom and anyway, great guy, but people kind of flock to him like, like a bee to honey, you know, and, um, and he would talk about how some new, sometimes new people would say, Hey, I really, I really appreciate you. You, I really value you. I really want to get close to you and get to know you better as a friend. And he got to a point where his, 
his friend list was so large, really, at that point. He had to, to develop a little speech for them sometimes to be able to say, like, hey, look, I think you're great. This is uh, I really appreciate this. But my my friendship calendar is really just too full and I'm not going to be able to to do that with you. Yeah. Um, but uh, I know that you're a great person and you're going to be able to find other friends elsewhere, you know. And I really respected that because he essentially just kind of letting them down before making promises that he's not able to deliver later on, you know. Yeah. Um, he knows his limits, he knows his boundaries, and he's able to say, look, I just, I'm not going to be able to give you what you're looking for. Um, I still value you and think you're cool, but I just can't, uh, I can't go there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Because if I were to address that, I may say I'm, I'm just sorry, I'm just so busy, I'm swamped, right? I may not get into specific details about how I only have amount of time for certain friends. It might be a combination of reasons why. Um, I wouldn't want someone to think of, oh, so you're saying that person is a better friend than me or more, you, should, you know, they want to hang out with them and not me, that kind of thing, but... It's yeah, I think this guy has had a way of saying it in a way of saying like my my friendship card is full. Like I don't I, I can't I can't give any more and I don't need any more. So it's not a not a personal thing. It's just I I don't have anything left. It's true. I know uh we're part of the Rotary Club and we meet amazing people all the time. You yeah. Know, I want to spend more time with this person. They're like, oh wait, we don't have any time to spend with this person. Yeah. Say, hey, let's go for a drink. Then you're like I don't think like that's in three months, like when are you gonna do it? And then, yeah. uh, but when you say that, oh, we should meet up, and then if you can't deliver, that's not a good situation either, right? Yeah. So it's uh, it is a, a weird kind of dance there when you're when you're meeting some people who share the same kind of values and interests, and they're just fun people to be around, right? Right, right. There are a lot of great people in this world. Love to get to know. Can't get to know them all. No. Yeah, and time of the day. Yeah, that's where if um if you if you have a a friendship and maybe this was someone who you saw and connected with on a regular basis, but for whatever reason circumstances are shifting and maybe you're trying to figure out why that is and you're putting mm -hmm. the effort in and someone else isn't really reciprocating that, then it might be a sign that you may have to instead of um, enhancing that existing connection, trying to create new opportunities to connect with someone new. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I took that personally. It, it might, it is what it is, and it's probably a lot going on there that you may not be privy to, or I don't know. But there's some steps you can take there, and then you may just have to say, you know what, I have to shift. And I guess that's what I'm saying is, is I think that you're right, Chris, and I think that a lot of people can read those signs and and understand those signs of like, oh, you know, I've I've made three invitations and he's been busy every time. Maybe that means that he's not so, in, you know, all of that. And I know a lot of people can read those signs pretty well, um, but not everyone can. And I guess that's why I say, gosh, I wish there was another way for people to softly let someone else down in an explicit way so that they're they're not relying on signs that are a bit ambiguous, you know? Yeah, I know. I agree. If the person could own it, at least, and saying, hey, I appreciate yeah. you reaching out to me. I'm sorry I'm not able to, to to meet up or spend much time with you um, due to whatever circumstance that might be. 
but just owning that, not leaving the person hanging. Mm -hmm. I think that's the unfortunate part. So if any listeners have any ideas on how to do that, please send me a handwritten postcard to my address, my home address, because we don't really have any email or any other way to contact us online. Let me know how we can can send a picture. Send it by pigeon. Actually, I'll give you my fax number. You can fax me with that information. Send you a page. That's right. <laughs> Let's get so, to the personal part, Brooke. Yeah, I was just thinking. So, how did we become friends? How did that happen? You go first. You guys started first. Well, what year was it? Well, the year was two thousand and. For our friendship or with my Yeah, no, no, you guys. No, but the, the question, oh, I thought the question was about the four of us. Oh, okay. Us. Not about yeah. us individually. So, okay. So you, Brooke and Chris, you met Ryan in D.C. I came in a year or two later, so. Yeah, that's the story. Yeah. We <laughs> must in 2010, I guess. Is it 2010? Yeah, I guess so. 11, so just, 11, just, 11, 11. Yeah. 2011? 2011, yeah. And, uh... That was the first year we met, and then it was just fun to hang out. And yeah, so we went down there to this conference. We heard about this conference in DC. I had just finished my master's. You're done. Mm-hmm. We're working together at uh, in private practice, and um, went down to this conference, sporting some Canadian uh, tracksuit tops. Uh, Do we have those year one? Yeah, I think they're retro. Oh, I thought it was year two. Anyway, because I went down. What Ryan. We met him outside the lobby bar in this hotel. I thought you commented on us being Canadian or something. I did. So it was interesting because we were we were all there for the first time, right? This was your first year there. Yeah. And it was my first year there because I just started writing for the magazine Psychotherapy Networker, and had flown in that day earlier and was on West Coast time. We were all on West Coast time. We're in DC. And so we were up late and there weren't many other people up. It was like 1130 or something at night. I just come from the, uh, like the magazine has this little reception thing. So I was, I was hanging with them and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm not tired yet. So I'm going to go and see what's happening down in the, in the lobby. And I saw you guys and I was like, you know, I, I always have liked, enjoyed Canadians. <laughs> so I was like, Hey, you guys are Canadian. How you doing? And, uh, you guys were so friendly and warm and we just sat and had a great conversation for, for a long time about Canada, Canada, America relations. Yeah. And, and then, uh, then what's... we met up the next night. I think, right. Probably. I think we made loose yeah. plans. Oh, we'll see you around tomorrow. Yeah. Then you guys became like the people I knew at the conference. Cause I didn't know any other like conference goers there. I knew some of the staff, but I didn't know any other therapists there. So exactly. we met up at different, workshops or saw each other walking around the halls and and then went to like the evening talks and that sort of thing sat together yeah and then i don't think contact info was shared at that point um i don't think and then this the next year we saw you there again obviously and i think at that then we went off-site for lunch maybe that year together yeah we deepened the friendship a little bit. Let's take this out of the context into something a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. So we went for some happy hours and things and hummus. Some tomato soup, I think. Yeah. And tomato soup. And then 
we must have exchanged contact info that year. Yeah. And oh, after the first year, I sent you, I actually, I sent you a, a thank you card, like a nice to meet you card with a picture we had all taken outside of the lobby bar. That's right, yeah. Potentially, was that with the can of soup or was that just the picture? It's just a picture. Just a picture, yeah. Remember that? Yes. But uh, we had taken, my friend Teo was there as well. Yeah. Um, and back at that time, we didn't really have cameras on our phones. Or, yeah. yeah. So I actually had a camera and I developed the pictures. And then back in the day, I would have extra pictures and send it to every everyone who was in the picture got a copy. And so I had uh, like <laughs> found Ryan's uh, work address, obviously, because he had a, a website. And yeah, mailed him a picture saying nice to meet you and look forward to seeing you next year and stuff. Yeah. And that, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's that sort of thing, you know, that extra little gesture, that little out of the, out of the norm gesture, yeah. like a, like a note and a card or something like that, that says, Hey, I'm thinking about you, even though you're not sitting right in front of me, that, that uh, object constancy piece, right? Exactly. It broke the, the boundary mm -hmm. of the conference. Like we're, I know you at the conference, but now I'm actually in your office, even though I'm not there. Oh, right. And right. then yeah, the following year, I think we took it to these happy hours and got to know each other better. And then we must have exchanged contact information for the following year to find yeah. out if we were attending or not and where we were, what days we were coming in. And then. I remember sharing with you guys things about like, Hey, I want to start this thing called national psychotherapy day. And Hey, I've got this idea about, you know, this head check thing. These other things that I, that we were we were sharing more things about our lives outside the conference, which yeah. was really cool too. And then we're like, yeah, you know, see you next time and 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 then I then I think it was really And then Joanna came. Oh yeah, when Joanna came like in the second third year. No, I came in year year 5 and I was my first year, 2015. Wow! Yeah, I have a picture of our badges, and there's a the five stickers on Chris and Brooks badges, and I had one. So that was 2015. Wow! Account. So I came into the picture. You're sending emails back and forth about you really want to write that book, the superhero book. Yes. And we made a. You said you provided some accountability for it. Chris and Thomas. So in 2012, we had email thread there. Well, Wow. Helping us out with that. Jeez. So work in progress. So work in progress. But but then I think it was really I mean, yes, we we chatted uh here and there, but uh it was really when Chris started to crank up his idea for the uh mental health boot camp that then it was like, all right, now we're gonna get on on phone calls or, or or video calls and then i started flying up to see you guys and you flew down here for the evolution and psychotherapy conference like we once you start traveling to visit people i think you're you're in a you're in a next level of, of friendship right like you're yeah yeah At that time like you said we had had conversations facetimes or phone calls or yeah, we had been communicating outside of the conference. Mm -hmm. Then mm -hmm. you had come up 
a few times to, to present at our conferences through work. You did one in Coquitlam and one in Whistler, right? Right. One of the Whistler ones, yeah. 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 So that as well. Um, and at that time, we were still seeing you in March for the conference. Like we would right. be in person there as well. That's right. Did I, I think I came up in 2014 or 15 for the, uh, the Coquitlam one yeah. on forgiveness and then went to Whistler for the, uh, termination. Yeah. So we just had that, had that extra bond there too. And I, and I think to, to backtrack a little bit, I think a lot of times something we didn't really mention is that, uh, that, a lot of friendships are are based on something, right? I mean, it it can be based on your, you know, your own personal stories and that sort of thing, shared interests. Uh, for us, a lot of what we've been, what our friendship is based on is 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 psychotherapy and mental health and um, trying to build businesses together or build projects together, and uh, we all have a shared interest in these things, and so we're we're good partners when it comes to to kind of doing these things together if you find people who are who really don't share any interests with one another it's going to be hard to form a real friendship isn't it yeah yeah they did at one point and the interest kind of shift and change yeah, yeah. we'll focus yeah. it's interesting i i remember moments there um in dc because yeah proximity and seeing each other and the mutual interest but there's a few conversations that we'd have. And I think there's a vulnerability piece. Like Ryan, you'd ask about, I still remember it. It's like, if we were all characters in the Wizard of Oz and you gave us all, you you gave us, you assigned us to different characters. And we kind of went, we'd go out for these lunches or dinners and there'd be like deeper kind of conversations, which were cool. And then I think there's one year where you were really nervous about having to be, the like to introduce a speaker, I think. And you're like, can you guys like we sat and listened to you and there's like this vulnerability piece you shared with us and got us to see your nerves a bit and you asked us for our feedback and you it was very yeah i think those were little key moments where things went deeper for me anyways yeah 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 absolutely yeah. so i think it's all part of it lots of different little factors and ingredients yeah and a lot of fun together um that board game place so there's a, we were, yeah, there's a bar there where a board game bar. And so we would go and play board games and things. And that was always a lot of fun too, because you're getting to know a, the person in a different way. It's not an intellectual way. It's just fun. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Yes. We were at the board room, I think it was called. And, uh, and we, we were playing, you know, cards against humanity with one another. And you get to what? know each other's humor pretty good there. We really did. That was fun. Great. For sure. Yeah. But our project definitely helped. We're connecting weekly. Yeah. And that's when the so, connecting weekly started. Yeah. Which is, um, takes up a notch too. Because usually we catch up for the first 49 minutes and then we talk about project related things. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I've been, I've, I just want to tell you guys that uh, as far as our friendship goes, I've, I think I've had enough. I think I'm done. I, I, I don't think I want any more. I have other people vying for these spots. I'm going to replace you with some other people. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks for your honesty. Let's get to two podcasts. Is that possible? <laughs> 
No, he's out. Oh, he's out? That's it. <laughs> All right. No, I'm kidding, of course. That's my using humor to deflect vulnerability. No, I think it's... I'll send you a goodbye card in the mail. <laughs> That's it. And a mushroom soup. And a kind of mushroom soup instead of tomato soup. No, I think the friendship that that we have is really cool, and uh, it has always been very vibrant and encouraging and and warm. And I uh, I think it's been a, such a pleasure to uh, to do this with you guys for ninety eight episodes. But we'll get to that in one hundred. We'll get to the sappy stuff later. For sure. Cool. There we go. There we go. Did we address the the male bush issue, do you think? I think so. It's a great topic. Yeah, it is. I, did it. I, uh, I did listen to our entire friendship podcast earlier today. Oh, wow. Just to make sure that the questions weren't totally overlapping. But uh, yeah, we talked more about how to make friends, how to initiate the friendship um, more than how to maintain the friendship or how to end a friendship and social contracts of friendship. So I think we did good. That's great. Without at all. So uh... episode nine. Nine. It's a long time. Okay. Cool. Long time ago. Okay. Well, then I guess we'll wrap up for tonight. Good night, friends. See you at the next podcast. Indeed. And that's it for tonight. Like and subscribe. Stitcher, Apple, YouTube, Spotify, Podbean. Oh, you said that in a different order. I did. Did you say Stitcher? Yeah. Stitcher, right? Oh, yeah. Send me a postcard if you have any questions. And otherwise, have a great week. And good night, everybody. Good night. Good night. Bye now. Bye. Bye.